Hello and welcome to the bus stop. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director of the National School Transportation Association. And I just come back from a conference of the National Association of State Directors of Pupil Transportation Services. Um, that mouthful is uh, called NASDIPS. Um, and the NASDIPS conference was down in Crystal City, Virginia. We're both uh, former NSTA President Blake Kraft and myself spoke before the organization. Um, Blake took time in his comments to mention the Stop for School Buses Act that uh, is a important piece of legislation that was the primary focus of the NSTA bus in this past spring. And we are about halfway to our goal of 100 co-sponsors in the House. Currently, the bill also has about 10 Senate sponsors trying to, of course, increase those numbers. So if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't uh, gotten your local representative to sign on to the bill, um, we ask you to do so. And if you need any help doing that, always feel free to contact us at the NSTA office. Um, also at uh, NASDIPS, there was a keen focus on technology and improvements, especially with the presentation by the original equipment manufacturers or OEMs, um, who spoke glowingly of the new technologies and uh, stability control and also collision mitigation were tops on the list and some of the other technologies were at the forefront. Um, Previously, I had been at the Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee meeting, which is held um, at the USDOT. That meeting was on um, September 30th and um, October 1st, and they had a primary focus of discussion on automatic driving systems, um, which were the topic of two sets of comments that NSTA recently filed. Um, those comments were to the NSTA. NHTSA, as well as the FMCSA on automated driving systems. And um, the future is now, folks. So it's time to take a look seriously at uh, what automation is bringing to the world of a school bus. I also mentioned um, in my comments to NASDIPS the DERA program, Diesel Emissions Reduction Act. And we're fortunate today to have Jason Wilcox. Uh, he's a representative on the transportation and air quality side at the Environmental Protection Agency. So welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, Kurt. Great that you can uh, make it on with us, and I understand that you're also going to be at NASDIPS as well. Yes, that's right. I'm looking forward to uh, talking at NASDIPS. Great, great. So when we dive in, um, just tell us a little bit about the EPA's Diesel Emissions Reduction Act, or we'll now be able to refer to by its acronym, DERA. Sure, yeah, yeah. We always try to, you know, spell it out to, to start anything off. Um, but basically, it dates back all the way to 2005. Uh, there was an Energy Policy Act then, which got it going. Um, what it basically does is it allows EPA to fund a really wide variety of projects to reduce uh, pollution from medium and heavy-duty diesel engines. Um, of course, this includes school buses, but it also includes a huge range of other things from tractor trailers to marine vessels, locomotives, generators, forklifts, cranes, construction equipment, um, almost anything 
you know, heavy duty and, and diesel we, we can fund. Um, so we first started awarding grants uh, back in uh, 2008. So we're a little over 10 years now, which is great. Um, and part of the reason that we started this program, you know, and Congress got this going, uh, is that, you know, back then in uh, 2005, uh, EPA was in the middle of, you know, we had a lot of emission standards that were being updated for diesel, both on-road and off-road, um, which is which was great. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, enormous benefits from that. But, um, you know, one of the things people say about diesel engines is, you know, that one of the best things about them is that they last a really long time. But at the same time, from an emission standpoint, um, one of the worst things about them is that they last a really long time. So there's still a lot of those older diesel engines left on the road. So that's what we're trying to address um, through this funding. So given that uh, and that the uh, program is over 10 years old now, what are some of the achievements of the DERA program? Sure. So just this past summer, uh, we published our fourth report to Congress. So that summarizes the results of the DERA program. Um, it takes us a little bit of time to actually calculate some of those emissions benefits and health benefits. So that report only summarized the, basically all of DERA through 2016. So that's 2008 to 2016 projects. Um, and then over that time period, uh, our estimates are that the Diesel Emissions Reduction Act has awarded about $629 million um, in grants and rebates. We have reduced emissions from about 67,000 engines. Um, specifically, that leads to uh, 472,000 tons of nitrogen oxides, uh, or NOx as you might know it. Uh, the big problem of NOx is that you know, it can contribute to ground level ozone, which is a enormous uh, respiratory uh, um, you know, pollutant. So that can cause a lot of issues like asthma, um, and other things. We also reduced about 15,000 tons of particulate matter, or uh, people often say PM, or at least we do here in our office, um, and then 5 million tons of uh, carbon dioxide. Um, so, you know, those emissions reductions have resulted in approximately 7 to $19 billion in health benefits and up to 2,300 fewer premature deaths. So we're very proud of that. You know, each, if you do the math there, each federal dollar yields, um, you know, between 11 and $30 in uh, public health benefits. Um, and then even on top of that, we've helped to reduce fuel use by about 450 million gallons. Um, and as far as, you know, that, that time period, 2008 to 2016, uh, DERA projects have achieved emissions reductions in all 50 states, D.C., Puerto Rico, and uh, four other U.S. territories. Um, but as I said before, we still have a long way to go. There's still nearly 9 million legacy diesel engines operating in the U.S., um, and we'd like to address those, too. Well, that's, uh, that's great success that you've had with the program. And from a school bus standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're happy that, um, you know, we're just a piece of the puzzle um, in, in terms of the, the DEER program. But... Uh, Maybe you can tell the listeners why our school bus is a priority, for, you know, for this program. Yeah, so school buses have been absolutely critical uh, to the success of DERA um, and account for about 43% of the engines that have been cleaned up using DERA funds. Um, and that's, again, coming from that report to Congress. Uh, nearly 30,000 school buses across the country have been cleaned up using DERA funds. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, 
why school buses, uh, a lot of it just comes down to the fact that children are more susceptible to air pollution. Um, you know, their, their respiratory systems are still developing. They have a faster breathing rate. Um, so really that particulate matter and the ozone that comes from that NOx pollution, uh, it, it poses a more significant risk to children. Um, also, you know, that pollution from these school buses can actually be worse sometimes inside the bus cabin than outside the bus, or at least some studies have shown that. Um, but then children are also, of course, exposed to that diesel bus pollution at their bus stops, in the bus loading areas. Uh, and then, honestly, it even can come down to what the ventilation system within the school itself is. And some students can be exposed to bus pollution even in their classrooms. Um, all that said, uh, you know, EPA still thinks that school buses are absolutely the safest mode of transportation for students. Uh, we just, you know, encourage schools to think beyond maybe, you know, accident safety and to also consider the health risks of uh, air pollution from school buses. Yeah, and now um, you actually alluded to, to this fact, but um, I'll just ask you the question outright. So are the newer diesel school buses cleaner than older ones? Right, so they're much, much cleaner. Um, we're talking, it can be 90% cleaner in terms of particulate matter and uh, nitrogen oxides. Uh, a lot of that comes down to, of course, you know, we have our emission standards and then in line with that, there's uh, technology to reduce those emissions. Um, basically any school bus that's diesel, uh, that's engine model year 2007 or newer, um, they tend to have a uh, diesel particulate filter, that DPF, that people say. Um, and then any school buses that are diesel um, with engine model year 2010 or newer often have the selective catalytic reduction systems, or SCRs. Um, that's where, you know, that diesel exhaust fluid comes in. So that injects that fluid into the exhaust stream, and that helps to neutralize that, uh, that NOx pollution. Um, so, yeah, it can be 90% reductions as a result of those technologies. It's really terrific. Um, so, really, when we're prioritizing what to clean up, we really look at those buses in particular that are engine model years 2006 or earlier, because those are by far the dirtiest. Now, one thing that I like uh, of the many things I like about the DERA program is that I call it technologically agnostic, um, which means that. Um, you know, depending on the region of the country, you may choose one um, type of powered vehicle versus another type of powered vehicle. Um, so why don't you explain to the listeners what that means in layman's terms? Right. So, you know, every old vehicle that we fund has got to be diesel. But then when it comes to if you're replacing that old vehicle with a newer vehicle using DERA funds, you know, you can go with you can go with CNG, you can go with propane, you can go electric, you can even go gasoline, as well as, of course, diesel. And, you know, diesel still makes up a very significant part of the new vehicles funded with uh, zero funds. Um, but at least, you know, what I'm starting to see lately, and then this is a bit anecdotal, we haven't done all the calculations yet, is that, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing an uptick in uh, propane school buses. Um, and I know there's a lot of reasons for that that I'm sure... A lot of fleet managers are already aware of, you know, a lot of it comes down to fuel costs. Some of it might come down to, uh, you know, reduced maintenance because they might not have those uh, DPFs or that SCR system. Um, some of the great things about 
you know, the newest uh, CNG and propane buses are, you know, from my point of view, is that a lot of them are actually certified to California's low NOx standards. Um, so that can actually reduce NOx another 90% from even a new diesel engine, uh, which is really incredible. Um, so that's, that's a real big benefit for those new CNG propane uh, buses. Uh, and of course, you know, you have electric. Uh, it's certainly, you know, it can be expensive right now. I know prices are coming down um, and there's a lot of potential uh, partnerships you can do as well, such as with uh, vehicle to grid, where, you know, you can partner with a power company to provide power to them when those buses are not in use. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming down the line. Um, but really, DIRA, we are funding anything uh, as long as it's a new clean technology, uh, you know, regardless of the fuel type. That's great. Um, and I know there are uh, two different applications as far as the DIRA program goes. Could you tell the listeners about the uh, school bus rebate program that's recently opened? I would love to, Kurt. Um, so just this past September 30th, we opened up our seventh year of the school bus rebate program. So this program was initially set up uh, as an alternative to our DIRA grants. So, you know, the grants can involve, uh, you know, pretty significant application materials. There's also a lot of money to be awarded, uh, but we wanted something a little simpler. Uh, and we've actually managed to get it down all the way to a one-page application. Um, and it uses a lottery system to make the award. So you don't have a, you know, a really complex competitive grant um and we've you know narrowed down the range of projects down to just the replacement of old uh, diesel school buses um, with engine model years 2006 or earlier so this can be you know a, a private fleet can can get these funds or a public fleet um, if it is a private fleet applying for our uh, rebate funds they just need to have a contract with a public school uh, for those buses that they'll be replacing um, so basically those applicants, they submit their application, we run it in the lottery, if they're picked in the lottery, uh, you know, they'll need to purchase those new buses, they'll need to scrap the old buses, and that is a really big part of the DIRA program, um, because that's how we ensure that there are environmental benefits. If those old buses stay on the road and then we just add new buses too, that's a net increase in emissions. So we do require that old buses that are replaced are scrapped. Um, typically with a hole in the engine block as well as cutting the chassis rails. Um, so they're, after you know that old bus is scrapped, they get the new bus, and we're able to pay fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per bus. Um, that's the rebate amount, and it depends on the the size of the bus, and that's gross vehicle weight rating. Um, those again, those new buses can be any kind of new fuel, diesel, gasoline, CNG, propane, electric. It'll be the same amount of funding we offer. Um, and one very important point is that the application deadline is October 30th this year. So, you know, if you're a fleet out there, you're interested in this, it's a very simple application. Make sure you send it in to EPA by October 30th. Uh, that application is on our website, which is epa.gov forward slash clean diesel. That's great. So folks, uh, time's running out. You have about two weeks. Um, to get it done, uh, as Jason points out, and the information is on the website, or you can contact us here at uh, NSTA. Um, 
just quickly as time's winding down, but what are the other funding opportunities um, that EPA offers through DERA? Right. So we have, you know, apart from those rebates, we have our grants and we have three different types of grants. We have our state grants. These are non-competitive grants that are offered up to state agencies to run their own diesel emission reduction programs. Um, I would encourage everyone to, you know, look up your local environmental agency to see what sort of, uh, you know, programs they have going with Dura funds and what kind of things they'll be funding. A lot of them do fund school buses. Uh, we also have our national grants. So this is our competitive grant program. Um, I think in past recent years, we've offered as much as $40 million uh, through this program. So it's a lot of money. Uh, each award can be a million dollars or more. So the size of the projects can be really, really significant. Um, we do have cost share requirements there. Uh, so, you know, EPA funds are typically not going to cover the full cost of a diesel emissions reduction project with these grants. But, you know, we will cover a portion of it. And then similar to those national grants, we have our tribal grants, which are for uh, federally recognized tribes. Um, so, you know, at this moment, the rebate program is open. The next national grant program should open probably around December of this year. And then the next round of uh, state grants and tribal grants will be early 2020. But again, your state might have, might be accepting um, you know, applications for their own uh, DERA grants right now. So I would, yeah, encourage you to check out your state's website. Great. Um, I guess one final question for you. Um, you know, obviously, if folks are interested in the DERA program, you know, we advise them to, you know, uh, to do the outreach and try to acquire some of those funds. But you know, funds are limited. Um, not everyone is going to get chosen. Are there just other opportunities that um, contractors can use uh, to reduce school bus emissions in their fleets? Certainly, yeah. I mean, one big thing to consider if a school has not done so for their older uh, diesel buses is uh, retrofits. So that's something like a diesel particulate filters or diesel oxidation catalysts. Um, we do fund those through DERA, but even if maybe you're not selected for DERA funds, it is a great thing to consider because it can reduce that uh, particulate matter pollution, you know, by as much as 90%. Um, so that's a way to clean up your old buses right now. Uh, other things schools can do is to develop idle reduction policies. So that's to minimize the times that those buses are idling uh, near students, near your staff. Um, and there's even technology can go into that as well. So fuel-operated heaters are a very good alternative to uh, idling engines in cold conditions, and they can reduce fuel costs significantly, um, and they also reduce, of course, vehicle emissions. That's great. Um, and Jason, you've been a wealth of information, you know, for our listeners out there. If folks wanted to find out more about the DERA program, um, you know, in general or, or specifically, you know, where, where can they find that information? Right. So, you know, first stop is our website. Again, it's epa.gov forward slash clean diesel. Uh, and then when you're on that site, you can even subscribe to our clean diesel news uh, newsletter that we have. Uh, we we promise we don't we don't abuse this. We won't spam everybody. <laughs> we really mainly use it when we're first announcing a new funding opportunity. So, you know, we just sent out one 
just on September 30th to announce that opening of the school bus rebate program. Great. Um, you've given out so much uh, uh, terrific information, Jason. We thank you for joining us at the, the bus stop. Um, Jason Wilcox, he's an EPA representative on the transportation and air quality side of things over there. So uh, once again, Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Kurt.